take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships where we bring our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship. They do. But nobody teaches us how. No, they don't. So we've created this podcast to teach you what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. Hello, partner. Hey, partner. How are you doing? Well, I'm loving you. (laughs) (laughs) Partner, because we're in Colorado now. Yeah. Right? We could say partner. Or y'all. So, you know, I was playing solitaire the other day. Yeah. And I've been playing solitaire my whole life. And for people that don't know what that is, it's a card game you play by yourself. I think a lot of people know what solitaire is. Well, I would guess your parents don't. (laughs) Okay. So there are people that have not been exposed to those things. So, you know, as a kid, you'd play with a real deck of cards and you'd, you know, deal them out and you would try to win. Mm -hmm. And winning means you put them in order, ace through king in all their suits. Right. So when you would win or when you would lose, you wouldn't know if if you lost, if it was potential that that deal could have won. Like the deck itself. Right. The way the cards were laid out. Was it an impossible to win layout or possible Mm -hmm. to win? Right. And I didn't even know this existed, you know, if there was a way to, to know. And so now that I play on my phone... When I hit deal, it comes up and it gives me a choice. Would you like a random deal or would you like a for sure winning deal? A for sure winning deal. Yes. For sure the cards are going to be laid out in a way that it can win. There's a way. Unless something happens? Unless operator error. Oh. So the deck itself is capable. Mm -hmm. There's a pattern. If you follow it, you win. But if you make a wrong decision somewhere along the way... You're not going to win. And you're going to know for sure that it's your fault. If it's a random deal, you don't know. You don't know if, if it was never going to work to begin with mm-hmm. or if it was something you did. So the deck is stacked in your favor. Correct. And the only way you can lose is if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I was wondering if we knew, if we could know, when we commit to a partner... Mm-hmm. If it was a for sure go in the distance win, or if it was random, you didn't know for sure. Yeah. So those are people that are, you know, that we meet with and they question whether the relationship is doomed from the start or whether they have what it takes to be successful. Or they have what it takes, but they believe it's doomed. Because they don't know. And I thought that was a really interesting topic. Like, what would you choose? Would you want to know? Would you want a random marriage or a winning? 
Is it really? Not it's marriage. Really like not marriage. Potential. Random uh, commitment. Like you don't know if this commitment is going to stick or not. Mm-hmm. Or random or a, or a for sure commitment that you know for sure your partner is going to win with you. If Which, they do everything right. W- right. Which doesn't exist, right? Of course not. I mean, we don't have that <laughs> we capability love? Right. of uh, knowing and the for sure, the guarantee. Right. So, but we thought it would be interesting to talk about because what if there was? Yeah. Would you want to know? Would you want to know that the only reason your marriage is ending is because you messed up somewhere? That you made a mistake. For sure. One of the two of you or both. Right. And it's usually both. So we would have to then define what would be a winning, quote unquote, winning marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So w- what does that look like? Does it look like a couple that stays together and doesn't get divorced? Possibly. Yes, I think that's one of them, yes. one of the definitions. I think it's not the only definition, right? Correct. Because there are a lot of people who stay together that have very dysfunctional marriages. Right. So that's one element. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else would be a winning marriage? I think there has to be happiness. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal happiness and happiness together. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think there needs to be a... Uh, a a fondness or a you know likability part of it you have to like your partner right like is an interesting word because we can fall in and out of like Mm -hmm. because yeah because sometimes i i don't like you what yeah you know (laughs) like when they're in the middle of something that's an amazing thing to know that you love someone and sometimes you don't like them right and it's true it's just the way it is yeah and those things happen when there's too much distance or when we're not investing in the relationship or we have a difference of opinion that we haven't resolved or something like that. So we're talking about a general likability here that you, in general, like your partner. Mm-hmm. And what else would be a, a winning marriage or an element to that? A desire. A desire. A desire to spend time with your partner, a desire to be around them. And a desire to work through whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think we we kind of worked a little bit backwards when we were talking about this. We were talking about, like, what are then some of those elements? If your your deck is stacked in your favor for your marriage, what are some of those things, those qualities or characteristics that a couple needs to have in order for it to be stacked in their favor? So, did we define winning? I, I think we did. We, I mean, we think we started to, right? We started to say that a couple that stay, stays together. Happily. They're happily married. They are happy as individuals, happy as a couple together. They, and helping each other become the best versions of themselves. Right. And that they like each other and they have a desire to So, I think those other. go into the next category of... What are the things that contribute to that winningness? Mm-hmm. And I think we're talking about two different wins, right? One is a win that's basic. We like each other. We're uh, in it for the long haul. We trust each other. We feel safe. And then we're talking about high level. We are merging. We are in love. Mm. We are growing exponentially together. And not just because of pain, but because of a forward momentum, which usually comes through having a spiritual life together. 
I like this phrase, and this was from the last Heartland was uh, Heartland episode, which was uh, stronger together. Mm-hmm. Right, you might be a strong individual, but together you're even stronger. There's a uniting uh, that happens, and you're talking about the forging, right? And so you become. You know, when you're talking about metal forging, it becomes stronger. You know, when you forge it. Yeah, if you talk about uniting something, you become a unit, mm-hmm. and a unit is a one. It is a separate entity from the two individual people in a relationship. They're a unit, what right. we tend to call the couple personality, is another entity. Right. And that entity is the thing that you're calling stronger together, which is what we call... Synergy. Capital Synergy. Capital Synergy. And now a word about one of our sponsors, Bliss. Couples out there. If you've listened to our podcast, you know that we talk about all aspects of relationships. Sex and intimacy is definitely one of those topics. There are a lot of couples not having sex. That is true. And one of the main reasons is women's brains. Our brains are always distracted on so many different things. We're thinking about, you know, the kids and and bills and schedules and and then and then your partner wants what? <laughs> and and you can't get your head in the game, right, right? Right. And so this product Bliss is part of something made for women. It's a well, it's for both I, men it, and women. It does but benefit it, men too. <laughs> but it's really wonderful for women. It is a lubricant. It has CBD and THC in it. We did an episode with the uh, actual founder, Dr. Alex Capano. That was episode one eighty eight. You can listen to that episode. You can also see that episode on our YouTube channel. Or you can go to our product page. And you can go to couplesynergy.com, go to experiences, and go to Bliss Products. Or directly to the page by going to go.couplesynergymethod.com slash bliss. Yep, Bliss comes in trial size, which are also nice travel packets, and two-ounce little bottles. So I would really, really want you to check it out because you know you deserve it and it feels good to have a sex life. It feels good to be with your partner in bond. And one more way that helps us get there, I think is a good thing. Bliss. So um, so these are all the elements of a winning marriage. Okay. So then... What are the basic things you need? What are the basic things you need? To have a basic win. Basic, basic. You're so basic. So, yeah, what are some of the elements? Willing to work on it. Mm -hmm. Right? That a couple is willing to work on it. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's going to be challenges along the way. And as long as both people are willing to work on it, then they can overcome those challenges. Right? There's always an opportunity to overcome a challenge. There's no shortage of creative ways to understand something, think about something, redefine something, renegotiate something. The problem is in the willingness. In the willingness, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, couples face so many different challenges along the way. Absolutely. And there may be challenges like something really big like infidelity, mm-hmm. right? Is that a challenge that a couple can overcome? Yes, it is. But both people have to be willing to work on it. 
And that's where it is, the willingness. Right. Maybe one partner says, no, I'm not willing. Right. You know, I can't do this. The second one is flexibility. And like yoga? No, no. <laughs> flexibility and the openness to change. Yeah. That's always a really tough one because as individuals, we don't like change so much. So if you are going to change as an individual person all by yourself, you are probably going to make a plan, uh, set yourself up for success. Like if you want to go on a diet and you want to work out and you got an idea of how you're going to do that and you try to stay really disciplined, very hard to do. But now try to get two people at the same time <laughs> to do it, especially if one of them has a certain challenge. Like maybe uh, one person has a difficult time uh, building muscle. So they need a lot more gym time, a lot more working out, where the other person might have a more difficult time managing their diet. So one person might be eating more to build muscle and the other person might be eating less to lose weight. And then you're trying to like do this at the same time together. It's very complicated and difficult for us to do that. And it takes a lot of flexibility in those cases. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that openness to change yeah, and the ability to, or willingness to want to help each other through those changes. You know, the funny thing about change is it's inevitable. You can't not change. A lot of people try not to change. Yes, they do. They try to make sure that their lives are very stagnant mm -hmm. and that there isn't a lot of change because it brings up a lot of fear. Yep. Because we're stepping into the unknown. Right. And every time we do that, there's our potential for crashing and burning or leveling up each and every time. The third is the ability to forgive. And this is huge, right? Yeah. Because in order to be able to forgive someone else, you need to be able to forgive yourself. Yeah. So there's a lot of self-work that happens around this, this characteristic. Um, or skill or tool. I don't know what you want to qualify this as, but it is absolutely essential because conflict is inevitable in every relationship. And so if you're going to, you know, sit there and hold grudges over your partner and never forgive them for any mistakes that they might, might have made, then you're going to stay stagnant. There isn't going to be change. There isn't going to be growth. I would like to say that there is a tremendous process between uh, being slighted or wounded in some way by your partner and forgiveness. It isn't just, okay, you came home late for the fourth time this week, I forgive you. No, it's, we're not talking about just allowing right. things to happen. Mm -hmm. So that process sounds more like when you don't come home and I don't know where you are, it's scary to me, it makes me worry, it makes me angry. And I can't control you doing that or not. I just want to let you know how that feels. And if your partner has a favorable response, like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing for you. I'm going to do a better job with, you know, texting, hey, I'm going to be late or whatever, keeping you in the loop or trying to be on time. And then when you see those, those sharper edges wear off instead of the other person, like, that's your issue, tough, you know, that's when you can get to a place of, forgiveness because oftentimes forgiving our partner also means resolving other things that were similar to that in the past yeah I, I think 
there's an element here where kind of what you're talking about is if the partner is willing to work on things, right? So that goes back to the first, right. uh, you know, characteristic, that's the, the willingness to work on it. If your partner has made a mistake and they are recognizing their mistake and they're willing to change and willing to work on it and you continue to hold a grudge or resentment towards them for it. That's that's what we're talking about here is your your ability to forgive. And and that's a characteristic that's necessary in order to move forward. And that leads to stagnation. Right. Uh, the next is a ability to take personal responsibility. Huge. Very huge. You know, in the example we were using, if the partner isn't willing to take personal responsibility for their mistake and they are pushing that blame back onto you, well, there's, <laughs> there's going to be no resolution here. There's, no, there's not going to be any forgiveness. There isn't an ability to work on it. And you can't grow as a couple. You know, we, we all get wounds. We all get cuts you know, along the way. But what our body does is it heals it. It creates a scab. It creates a scar. That skin is tougher than what, what it was before it was cut. This is really um, a developmental type of thing. So when you look at children under the age of four, they're not able to take personal responsibility. No. no the- and then they're required to, as they hit four and over, like, okay, now you have to take responsibility for getting yourself dressed or you take responsibility for, you know, putting your clothes away or whatever is age appropriate at that place. And four-year-olds can do that where two-year-olds cannot. Mm-hmm. And as we develop, we don't always know that. And whenever we're in pain, we regress. So if you see a, a six-year-old who is already capable of taking some personal responsibility and maybe they're at a party and they trip over a toy and they're embarrassed and then they'll run to their parent and be like, why did you let that happen? And they won't take responsibility. They'll re- reverse back to it's somehow mom's or dad's responsibility, not theirs, to look and see the toy and step over it because they're regressing because they're in pain. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do in relationship. When we're in relationship and we get hurt, we think if my partner would just change, I wouldn't get hurt anymore. And it blocks that opportunity for us to say, okay, I've chosen to be in this relationship and I've chosen to be in this relationship with this person who's a certain way and it's bringing something up for me. And the stuff it's bringing up, I promise you, is stuff that that hurt you before you met your partner. Your partner just, you've attracted that and it's beautiful how it works and how we always attract a partner who knows how to do that kind of stuff with us because parent-child is our first relationship. But if we still show up like a child, I'm not going to take responsibility for my piece I just want you to change and then I'll feel okay and then my stuff is safe and protected and I don't have to feel the pain of that. So then we can't get to forgiveness because we believe it's a protective measure to stay angry at our partner. Yeah, taking personal responsibility or learning how to do that um, is pretty key to being willing to change and willing to work on things and you know, being able to forgive and being able to move on and grow from the challenges and, and hurts and, and conflict along the way. 
So if a person isn't willing to take a look at their part in whatever challenge a couple is going through, then it definitely makes the relationship one-sided. This is a defining characteristic of basic winning and high-level winning. Because you can be with a partner that one or both of you don't take responsibility for whatever it is, and then you learn tolerance and you learn a way a, a way around it, some work around. You know, if one person doesn't really like something, the other one goes and finds friends to do it with or whatever those things are. And then you can stay together a long time and you can stay together relatively happily and and productively be good partners, but you're not going to merge. You're not that high level merger happens through processes of healing and forgiveness. And that requires personal responsibility. Another one of the characteristics we have is common values. And we could probably tie that also into the next one, which is common spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. So the common values, this is kind of really important. And we're not talking about like common political beliefs or, you know, whatever your view is. Um, What we're talking about here is what is your, what is your common values about money? Parenting. Parenting. Right. What are your common values about socializing? What is your common values when it comes to work and work ethics? Mm -hmm. So someone who has opposing or very different value system in those areas, it can cause a pretty big divide in the relationship. And as we've said in the past, any divide that happens in a relationship is filled in with resentment. Mm -hmm. And it's not like either one of the people are right or wrong. It's that they don't have a common, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So it's, we've never seen like the perfect formula way to set up a relationship. Each couple chooses those things on their own, chooses things like how much time they spend together or if they travel separately or if they, uh, have one stays home, one goes to work, what, however, however it fits, you know, however people figure that out. And we haven't seen a formula that is necessarily, wow, if you do it this way all the time, you have a way better chance of success. The only thing is, do you both buy into this? Mm-hmm. Do you both buy into how you're managing money? And, and you know, extended family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's Common huge. values, common family values, mm-hmm. and what the two of you want to instill in your children. That's a fun thing. You know, we have a couple that uh, we've worked with a long time ago and then just recently. And uh, she has a very distinct cultural experience. And she really believes in the right way to do something. Mm -hmm. And this concept of flexibility or that her partner would offer an alternative, correct way of doing things is it's so mind opening to her whenever she's like, I never thought about it that way. And she was so, it was the way she was parented Mm -hmm. was in cultural, she was from a culture and a family. So some people just have family without culture, but really ingrained and this is the way things are. And she married someone outside of the culture who has a different opinion. And that's the beauty of being in a relationship is creating that unit way, the us way, Mm -hmm. which 
will be influenced by both sides and hopefully be the sum total of all the best parts, which, what do we call that? Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> you know, I, I have to kind of jump in and, and clarify here because when we're talking about these different characteristics, we're talking about the potential, right? These are the elements here that give the best potentiality for the relationship, right? Because when we're talking about this, these clients that we're working with, right? You know, she brought some really strict cultural and family values and, you know, into this relationship and sought out someone who was different, mm-hmm. right? So that gave that great potentiality. Now, if they choose to, you know, be willing to work on it, choose to make those changes, be open and be flexible, that gives them the best chance for success to to create that winning relationship. It also gives the best potential for destruction. True, sure. And that's why that willingness to work on it is so important because it, you understand this more adult concept that if we take personal responsibility, especially for choosing to be with whoever we chose to be with and we don't make that seem like it was a mistake, this is someone who has something to teach us, someone who can help us become more in this world than we could by ourselves. And so when we feel the crappiest, angry at someone, hurt by someone, that's where all the fertilizer is to grow, mm-hmm. right? To uh, try and figure out, okay, what is it that I'm supposed to learn here? Not, you know, did I do the right thing or not? We had mentioned common values, also common spiritual beliefs. I think it's important to clarify that when we say spiritual, we don't mean religion. Right, because there have been plenty of couples where both people are from different religions. Right. But that doesn't mean you know, it doesn't mean that they're challenged, you know. And in a, a common way. spiritual belief can be atheism. Correct. Right. So, you know, it is about a spiritual belief. It it is the belief of something greater than yourself. And both people have to have a, a pretty common, you know, or alignment in this area. You know, if we look at the common values and common spiritual beliefs, those are things that are going to change over time. As you become uh, more experienced in this world and have different life experiences, you might change your values. They may have worked more for you as a younger person. And as you get older, it's like, well, I don't really buy into that anymore. I'm going to buy into this thing over here. And I just want to let everyone know that's really normal. And that if you negotiated something earlier on in your relationship that no longer works, it's okay to renegotiate that on either side because we become different people because that's the point. And spirituality is something I think we contemplate much more as we get older. When we're younger, setting up shop, having babies, we don't have so much time for that. But as we contemplate end of life, losing parents, all those things that, that ultimately are inevitable, we move more into that place of really l- allowing ourselves to think about those things more and you know what do, what do we buy into and what's important to us and and how are we going to now shape our life based on new spiritual beliefs that we have the next one is uh likability likability yeah likability's got like two different meanings yeah it's not like my 
likability factor, like that I'm I'm able to be liked. I, I think it's that's one part. That's one uh, sure. That's one part, but it's if I didn't think you were likable, <laughs> right? That would be a problem. I mean, how could I not be likable? And when you hear a lot of contempt, they've lost their perception of their like of their partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you kind of have to like your partner. Yeah, even when you don't like them. Even when you don't like them. But still, it's, it's more often than not, you like your partner. It's not that you really don't like them. It's that in that moment, you're protective and defensive. Yeah, sure. And then likability of are we alike? Mm. Are we similar? Mm-hmm. Are we similar? Yeah. Are you my person? I think this goes along with the next one, which is desire. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. A desire to be around your partner, a desire to want to spend time with them, a desire to experience things in life together. I, f- I find it interesting when people ask us, how do you guys work together? You guys are together all the time. Like, I don't know. We just like, like? to. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how how couples spend so much time apart and right. not want to if they get any. Let's say, you know, it's work, work related. They spend a lot of time apart because they have to because of their jobs. And then they get a little bit of time on the weekends and then they still don't want to spend time together. They still don't want to spend time together. It's no. like, oh, gosh, I, I want to use every single time I have available to be with my partner when we do that we add to that pile of selfishness and we move away from the pile of thoughtfulness when we don't spend enough time with our partner then we just get concerned with our own stuff and taking care of ourselves and doesn't matter because there's not enough investment to for there really to be a loss yeah the next one is common energy level and so if you have someone who is more of a homebody, you know, and really kind of more sedentary, and then you have another person who's just always on the go and it's got to be out, it's got to be out with people, that can be pretty challenging. Yeah, I see that a lot with um, if one person in the couple is very committed to whatever it is. It might be video games, it might be crafting, it might be something that is all on their own Mm -hmm. that their partner can't really join them with. And they want to do that for long periods of time and the partner's just kind of waiting and wanting to do other things. And those are, you know, especially if they they maybe sleep a lot or just don't get dressed very quickly. Well, I I was going to say, like, the video games... I see that more as common values, common interests. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an interest in kayaking and your partner doesn't, you know, then it, it can give you more personal time, but you still have to find a place where you guys connect at that's that's common. When it comes to the energy level, I see it as someone who, like you were saying, like sleeps a lot and it's just really low energy. And the other person right. is really high energy, really wants to, you know, go out into the garden. Maybe it's not about spending time with other people, but go out and do some gardening and, you know, wants to do all these different types of maybe go biking or something like that. 
Or you make a decision that you're both going to go to town because you have to vote or you have to do something, mm -hmm. right? And one person's like ready to go and the other person, well, let me just finish this. Let me just do that or they'll take their time. And then the original plan falls apart because there's no more time left to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we're not talking about people who um, change along the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's say someone has a physical, uh, you know, limitation or some type of, you know, diagnosis that contributes to this loss of energy. And now there's a shift and change in relationship. This is an obstacle. This is a challenge that both, you know, people have to learn how to rise above that. What we're talking about is right from the beginning, mm -hmm. in the beginning of the relationship, if the two of you are so on opposite ends of the spectrum of this of energy level, then this is going to be a constant thing in the entire relationship. And a body in motion stays in motion. Body at rest stays at rest. So sometimes that can happen when someone goes through maybe a sickness or something else, maybe loss of job. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get into this habit of being more sedentary or being less social. And then it's harder to get back up and do that but once you do that, then you're fine again, yeah. right? And so it's that idea of a body in motion stays in motion. And if you haven't been in motion, it's going to be a little oomph to get there. And then you can figure that out. But again, that goes back to common values and desire. Do you, do you want to do this? You know. So the last one or last two really are pretty big ones. And it is something that we're also going to address in a separate podcast and these characteristics are sexual attraction, mm -hmm. which is very important in the beginning of a relationship, and the attraction force, yeah, which is a very interesting concept that we've been talking about here together. Um, sexual attraction, uh, if, if you are not sexually attracted to your partner in the beginning of a relationship, that's not something that is just going to spontaneously happen over the course of a relationship. Well, let's leave them with this because we're going to go into this in the next podcast or maybe two or three down. So to attract means you are attempting to get someone's attention, favorable mm -hmm. attention, mm -hmm. right? And either by being um, uh, likable or sexual. Mm-hmm. Attractive means you find someone attractive. Sexually attractive is, I would like to have sex with that person. Mm -hmm. But attraction means there's a force that bring two things together. Right. And that sexual, that... Attraction force. That attraction force is love. And if there's no love, you can still be attracted to someone. You can be sexually attracted to them. But if there's not that force and there's not attraction, it does not lend to a, a deck stacked in winning. This attraction force is what we've encountered in interviewing couples when mm -hmm, they talk about lot. the first time I saw my partner, I knew that this was my person. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't, oh, I want to have sex with that person. You know, there, there might have been the sexual attraction also. Right. But 
in addition, there was this attraction force, this something, this energy that was between the two of them that you didn't have to create, you didn't have to ask for, it just existed. Mm-hmm. And when you find someone attractive or you try to make yourself attractive to attract someone, that can bring something together, but then it just goes away because it doesn't hold it together. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes from a place of lack. It comes from a place of lack. It comes from a place of, I feel lonely or desperate or need reassurance that I have, you know, value. And then we attract that in and it's in a it's in a way that feels like a void where attraction it's never enough it's never enough it's never enough right attraction pulls you it pulls you to that thing you didn't try to go get it yeah so we'll talk more about that in another podcast yeah, absolutely so we want to thank you for joining us today on couple synergy our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. If you'd also like to be guests on our podcast, also email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, our home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.